Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, welcome to Destiny Church. We're excited to have you guys with us. And over the past few weeks, um, we have talked with you as a church about this challenge or this mandate from God for us to go all in this year and over the course of this next decade. And over the past several weeks, I've shared with you um, three sets of verses that are really steering us this year. Matthew chapter 22, which is the great commandment, when Jesus said, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then Matthew 28, which is the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then we look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, when it talks about the disciples were devoted. They were all in. They were all in for the church. They were all in for each other. And that's kind of our challenge, and that's our mandate this year. And through these verses, what I've tried to do is I've tried to convince you that God wants to do something in your life and that God wants to do something in this church, but it's not something small. I believe that God wants to do something big in all of us. And here's what I am convinced of. I am convinced that one of these days, when it's all said and done, and we get to heaven, and we stand before Jesus, we're going to see just how big our God is. And we're going to wish that we had dreamed just a little bit bigger and had just a little bit more faith. But when we're standing there before Jesus in that point in time, it'll be too late to dream big for this earth. But it's not too late now. And so my challenge to us, to all of us in 2020, is dream big. Have big dreams, have big goals, have big plans. And go after the plans that God has for you and for your life. Don't wait until tomorrow. Get started today. What I want to do today as we close out our All In series is I want to talk with you today about values. If you know much about me, you know that I'm a big thinker. I'm a big believer, a big dreamer. I like to think and dream big and believe for big things for this church, for my own life, for my family, and for your family. I've thought of a lot of big things over the years, but as I get older, I begin to realize at the end of my life, what's really going to matter is that I have values. Yes, vision is essential. Vision is imperative. The Bible tells us without vision, people perish. Another translation says, without vision, people stumble all over themselves. But I believe that values are just as important as vision. In fact, I believe that values help to steer vision individually, as a family, and even as a church. At Destiny Church last Sunday, I shared with you our vision as we move forward in 2020 and over the course of the next decade. And we have a big vision, we have big dreams, but if we don't have values that are steering that vision, we will never accomplish the vision. So what I want to do today for the next few moments we have together is I want to talk with you about the values that are steering Destiny Church 
But I also want to encourage you to have values in your own life. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you this morning. As we enter into this new year, this new season, we believe that great things are happening. And we believe that you've given us great vision. But today, Father, we, we want to make sure that we have values that are steering us and guiding us. So today, Father, I ask you to give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech as I deliver this word. And I pray that every heart grabs a hold of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And as I was thinking about values and trying to really, I was like, I want to come up with a scripture that kind of connects and ties in values. This is the scripture that came to mind. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ live in you richly, you see, our core values must be biblical. They must be God-honoring. But let the word of Christ live in you. Another translation says, dwell in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. And then verse 17, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Here at Destiny Church, our core values, I guess you could say they are the biblical guardrails that keep us focused on the vision. Our core values are the biblical guardrails. They are the filter that keeps us focused on the mission. But I believe as individuals, I believe as families, Core values, listen to me, that guide us are just as important. Jim Collins wrote a book called Built to Last. And he did some research in that book. And the research found that most successful companies were those who had a set of unchanging core values. He said the products may have changed over the years, but the values were without compromise. Think about the core values of things like the United States of America, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, common good, democracy. Think about the core values of the army, loyalty, duty, respect, personal courage, the Air Force, integrity first, service before self, excellence, the Navy, honor, courage, commitment. Consider what happens in our culture when values like these begin to erode, it's not pretty. In fact, what I was thinking about is what we, might be see, what we might see happening in our world today is maybe we are seeing an erosion of values. Now consider what would happen and probably is already happening in many churches when biblical values are eroding. You see, most, if not all, evangelical churches, you know, my kids this week, we were talking about different denominations, and one of them was like, why the difference? Aren't we all pretty much the same? 
And in fact, most evangelical churches, our doctrines, our statements of faith have a lot of similarities. We all believe that the Bible is inspired word of God. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in the deity of Christ, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We believe in salvation by faith. However, these, these biblical values need to have some core values that are driving them. What I mean by that is professing biblical values is one thing, but applying them, living them out is another. We don't want to just say that we have these values. We want to live them out. I believe churches. I believe families. I believe if we're going to have strong foundations. I believe if we're going to have strong foundations as an individual, as a church, and as a family, we must be built on solid core values. This week I read a quote that said, a church that effectively develops, articulates, and appropriates its core values can remain clear on what it believes about itself, and it can remain clear and focused on what God calls it to do and be. Values are essential for families, for individuals, for churches, for schools, for corporations. Values are those uncompromisable, undebatable truths that drive and direct our behavior. Values are motivational. They give us the reason why we do things. Values, another thing about values are they are restrictive. What do I mean? Values place boundaries around our behaviors. When I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about my parents. I don't remember ever as a child my parents saying, these are our family values. But my family had values. And my parents put those family values in place, and what they did is they restricted behavior. What do I mean by that? I don't mean that in a negative way. The values that my parents put in place for us as kids are values that now Tosh and I have implemented even in our family, and they restrict behavior. What do I mean? They steer us toward the place we want to go. They are the guardrails. They are the filter with which we live our family. Values are the things that we as individuals, as families, and as churches we deem important and what they do, listen to me, this is important. Values provide, provide direction in spite of our emotions. Because how many of you know your emotions are up and down? Some days I feel like doing this, other days I don't. But if I have values in place and if my values are clear and if my values are constant, if my morals are constant, then even when I feel up or down, my values don't change. Therefore, it steers my behavior. We getting this? Three quick things I've discovered about values over the years. Values, if they're left to themselves, organizations, families, individuals, and even churches, without clearly defined values, we drift. If we have no values, if we just kind of just say, hey, let's just run this race, we're going to drift off course. It can happen to the best of us even if we're not careful. As our church has grown from 18 people to around 1,500 people that call this place home that attend on a weekend, from one campus to two campuses in 14 years, 
Let me just tell you, things have become more complex. There are more assets to allocate from a budget of a couple hundred dollars to million dollar budget, more people to manage. The decisions seem to have greater consequence. We have to be more nimble within the decisions. And the decisions keep coming faster and faster and faster. And like it is with a family, like it is with an organization, it is with this church. Sometimes it can be so easy that we get caught up in doing the business and running the church. We can drift, we can get distracted, and we can run off course. That's why we have to have values. Something else I've discovered about values is just because we're busy doesn't mean we're taking ground. Just because we're busy, listen, if we're not using our core values as a family, if we're not using our core values as a church, we're not focused and we're clearly not taking ground. Our values have to steer us. Our values have to guide us. I've said it, but our values have to be the guardrail or, the fil- or they are the foundation that filters our behavior to ensure that our activities, the things we do throughout the day, throughout the week, are actually getting us where we believe God wants us to go and they're accomplishing what God wants us to do. Our values steer that. Another thing I've discovered about values in the 14 years we've been a church is this. Values aren't real until they are lived out. Whether it be in the Missouri Senate, or whether it be in an elementary school, or whether it be in a church, or whether it be in your family, values aren't real until you live them out. We can put them on a wall, we can put them on paper, we can put them on, we can go to whatever that place Tasha likes to go to in Springfield that some of you ladies go and you paint on canvases and we can hang them on our walls. But unless we live them out, they're nothing more than decorations. Values aren't real unless we live them out. So in 2020, as we go all in, each and every one of us are going to have to go all in on our values. And what I want to do today is I want to put our core values as a church in front of you. Then I want to make this commitment to you as your pastor. We will, as a church, live out these values. We will go all in on these values. They will be our guardrails. They will steer our behavior as a church. They will guide us as a church. They will drive the things that we do. Maybe you noticed when you came in the room this morning that our core values wall was blank. It's not because we did away with values. It's over the past several weeks, past couple of months actually, we've spent as a leadership team a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time around the table discussing the foundation, the structure, who we are as a church. And one of the things we've been discussing is our values. And we felt as we move into not only a new year, but a new decade, it was time that we re-engage our values. It was time that we update them so we can go all in. And so what I want to do today from the leadership of our church and from my office is we want to introduce to you seven core values of Destiny Church. Number one, with each of these values, you will notice the value 
and then you will notice a statement. Number one, presence. Not like gifts. We're not about like, hey, everybody's getting gifts. It's presence. We are expectant. What do I mean? This one is all about Jesus. It's Jesus at the center of it all. It's all about his presence. We expect Jesus to show up in our church. Acts chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. See a lame man here. And there's a story in Scripture about this lame man who's behind, beside this gate called Beautiful. You've heard the story. This is right after the church began to grow and began to explode. And so this lame man is sitting there. And listen to this story. It says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Listen to verse 5, though. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. This crippled man expected to get something from them. Now listen to me, though. This crippled man expected a gift. He expected money. He expected food. He expected something that would temporarily help him in that moment. He wasn't expecting something that would change his life forever. He was expecting something that would help him for the moment. But listen to me, God in that day, in that moment, had something better for him. And at Destiny Church, we are expectant that God has something better for us. We are expectant that God has something better for you. We are expectant that God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask, imagine, or think of. We are expectant. We are expectant that God's presence will walk in the room every time you show up. And we believe that when God shows up, people will be saved. We believe that when God shows up, we are expectant that marriages will be restored. We expect as a church healings. I still believe the day will come when people will get pushed in in a wheelchair and push their own chair out of the room. We are expectant. We expect great services. We expect great worship. We expect favor, not just in this room, but in this city, in this region. We expect that governments will look at us with respect. We expect growth. We are expectant as a church. When I think of this, I think of the story of Noah. God told Noah, I'm going to build an ark. I mean, I'm going to send rain. Noah's like, what's rain? Never seen rain. God says, I'm going to send rain. It's going to be water. It's going to fall from the sky, and it's going to flood the earth. Can you imagine that day? For Noah, he's never seen rain. He doesn't have the Bible to have any of this to look back at. This is a new thing, but Noah expected that God would do what God said he would do. And then Noah, what did he do? By faith, Noah prepared What did he do? He built an ark. And he said, God told him, put your family in it and two of every kind of animal in it. And so Noah did that. 
By faith, Noah prepared for what was to come. He didn't see it. He didn't see, know how it was going to happen. He just knew that if God said it, it would happen. And that's what I think of when I talk about Destiny Church. We are expectant. Have we seen everything that God wants to do? No. Have we seen all the miracles yet? Have we seen all the salvations yet? Have we seen the new building coming up out of the ground? Have we seen the people lining up to come to church? No, but by faith we have. And so we are expectant of what God God is going to do. We are expectant. Let me ask you today. Are you expectant? Let me ask you today. What are you standing in faith for in your life? Let me ask you. What are you expecting to receive from God today? What are you preparing for? Are you ready for it? Stand there by faith and expect it to come. We are expectant. Number two. Our second core value is attitude. What do I mean by that? We set the tone. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 says, be the example they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do. Set the tone. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. What's that saying? Set the tone. What do I mean by this? This is that kind of the analogy of the thermostat versus the thermometer. A thermometer can gauge the temperature in a room, but it can't do anything about the temperature in the room. But that thermostat that you see in multiple places in this wall, it can gauge the temperature. And as a church, we say, hey, we want it to be 68 degrees in the room. Guess what? Our thermostat can make it be 68 degrees. It sets the temperature. As Christians, we want to set the tone. We want to set the temperature in the room. And we have core values as a church, and we're sharing these with you today. But these are not just about Destiny Church. Our hope, our desire, is that these become values in your life. That wherever you are, whatever room you're in, you say, no, I'm a child of God. And it's my responsibility to set the tone in this room. It's my job to use my gifts and my talents and my abilities to check the temperature in this room and create the temperature in this room. We set the tone in our business, in our family, in our church, in our school. Students, when you walk through the halls of your school, you set the tone. We don't bend, we don't bow, we don't break, we lead by example. We set the tone. And as a church in this city, we will set the tone. We will lead by example. We set the temperature, not everybody else. We do. We don't bend, we don't break, we don't bow to culture. We set the tone. Number three, unity. We are better together. Let me just kind of just... Can I just vent for just a moment? I can't. Okay, well, I'm going to vent anyway. I'm telling you, I am tired of seeing the body of Christ fracture and splinter because of differences of opinion. I'm tired of watching the church divide itself because people get upset or because leadership gets upset. It is sickening, and we must never be a part of that. How do we expect to impact the world when we're not united as a church? How do we expect to impact the world when we're not even united as a family? The Bible tells us a divided man is unstable in all his ways. 
How do we expect to impact the world and to be who we're called to be when we are divided? As churches, as families, as individuals, we want to be united. We want to be devoted. Why? Because we know that we are better together. Acts chapter 2 gives us a great example of this. Verse 42, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. We believe that as a church, we must be united. We must do life together. As a church, we can do life together on Sunday mornings. We can do life together when we serve in our serve groups, when we serve on our serve teams. We can do life together when we do outreaches. We can do life together when we go to youth, when our kids go to kids, whatever that might be. But one of the greatest ways that we feel like as a church we can do life together is by life groups. I believe when we do life together and we can give each other some, some slack if we have some differences and if we can be united, one of the ways I believe we can do this most strongly is through life groups. And I want to encourage you, join a life group. We're launching them over the next couple of weeks, but here's the deal. We need some of you that want to step up and lead groups. If you want to lead a life group today, you can sign up in the lobby today. Some of you have been debating it, thinking about it for quite some time. This is your opportunity to lead a group. This is your opportunity to host a group. If you want more information, you can check it out in the lobby. All right, number four, generosity. We give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Acts 2, again, verse 44 and 45. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they sold even their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Have you ever noticed if you sow criticism, you're going to get criticism? If you sow forgiveness, you're going to get forgiveness. If you sow generosity, you're going to get generosity. If you sow energy, you're going to get energy. This is called the principle of sowing and reaping. Farmers understand this. The farmer might look in his barn and see four bags of seed. And they could look out at his field and complain and say, I have no crop. Well, he has the seed. What's he got to do? He's got to take what he has and he's got to sow it. He's got to scatter it. Too many of us, though, are too concerned with what we have in our hand that we never let it go and we never sow. Listen, there's this principle that God has. If you take what you have in your hand and you scatter it and you sow it, God multiplies it. It's this crazy thing with God. You sow seed, you sow one seed, somehow you get ten seeds. It's how God works. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about generous with our time, our talent, our treasure, our effort, our love, our forgiveness. We want to be generous. If there's anything I want our church to be known as, I want us to be known as a generous church. If we don't strive to be generous with our time, our talent, our treasure, our effort, our love, our forgiveness, if we don't let go of the seed, if we don't scatter it, listen to me, we will never be like Jesus. We will never make the impact that we are called to make, and we will never receive the blessing of multiplication. Sowing and reaping. A verse that I want to become kind of this verse that we're known for as a church. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this. You do well and excel in every respect. An unstoppable faith. 
and powerful preaching and revelation knowledge and your passionate devotion and sharing the love we have shown you. But listen, so make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. I want us to be generous as a church. Mark chapter 12 tells us a story about Jesus. It tells us, verse 41, that Jesus sat down near a collection box. He's watching. You know, we don't want anybody to know in churches today what we give. But Jesus is sitting right by the offering box and watching what every person puts in. That's that. That's that. I'm thinking about instituting that rule here. But anyway, no, I'm joking. But Jesus is watching and this one little lady, this widow, comes up. She puts a couple of things called mites in the offering. These are replicas. My, my grandfather, who passed away several years ago, my mom's dad, um, when Tasha and I were in Israel, we bought some um, widow's mites. But my grandfather bought, in the 70s, several replicas in Israel. And so today I'm actually going to give everybody in the room a replica of a mite. And we'll do that in just a moment. But there's a story in the Bible about that widow's mite. And she puts it in the offering. And Jesus looks at the apostles and he says, this woman gave more than anybody. How's that possible? God, that guy gave $1,000. She gave less than a penny. God, that guy gave $10,000. How, how did she give more? You see, here's what I want to tell you today. I think some of us, when we think of generous, we think, well, I've got to give it hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, generosity is not about the amount. It's about the heart. And in 2020 and beyond, I want it to be about the heart. So our ushers are going to come forward this morning, and they're going to pass some buckets. And they have these in there, and I want you to take one, all right? Be generous, because we need them for other people, all right? So, but take one of these, and they're just going to pass those down the aisle. And just have those. Go ahead and pass them. Everybody take one. But have it, and just let it be a reminder. Put it somewhere you'll remember it. This is just our year to be generous. It's about our heart. See, for some of us, generosity is $5. For others, generosity is $500. For some of us, generosity is five minutes. For others of us, it's five hours. All right? All right. Take those. Those are replicas of what a widow might, might have looked like back in the day. Number five, excellence. We create five-star experiences. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 here says this, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Here's the deal, we believe at Destiny Church that God and the people that we are called to serve and the people that walk through the doors of this church, you, me, the person sitting beside you, we believe that everybody deserves the best that we have to offer. Jason hit on it in our worship experience this morning. God deserves our best. There's a lot of people that are wearing red and yellow today in honor of the Chiefs. And there's a lot of people that are in Miami today that they gave their best, man. They're spending five, six, ten thousand $10,000 for this weekend to go watch a game. I wouldn't pay that, but if you wanted to pay my way, I would have went. All right? <laughs> I would, have, I would have made that sacrifice today. 
But listen, everybody deserves our best. We believe that excellence honors God and it inspires people. Think of it this way as a church. No, no disrespect to our McDonald's or Burger King's or Arby's or whatever it might be. As a church, we don't want to offer a fast food type experience. We want to offer a five-star experience. We want to be the Ritz-Carlton of churches. We want when people walk through the doors of our church, they feel that the red carpet was rolled out for them. We want to, we want to create, as a church, five-star experiences. We want to be a five-star church. We want to be a five-star Christian. We want to be five-star families. And again, this could even go back to one of our other core values. We set the tone. We create five-star experiences. Number six, this one is, we're excited about this one, simplicity. What do I mean by that? We do more by doing less. This one is all about margin. How many of you would agree with me today? We need to create some margin in our lives. Anybody? We need to create some breathing room in our lives. How many of you would say, how many of you would be honest and say today, raise your hand, your family is too busy? Raise your hand. Look around the room. A big majority of us say we're too busy. Listen, when we become too busy as churches, as individuals, as families, what's that do? It allows us to drift. We become distracted. We, become, we lose focus on what we're called to do, what we're called to be. Luke 10 paints a beautiful picture of this. Verse 41 and 42 talks about two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha's busy running around trying to make sure everything's taking place. Mary's doing what? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha comes in complaining, Master, Master, will you make her come and help me in the kitchen? Will you make her get busy with me? And Jesus looks and he says, no, no, no. Martha, you're the one's distracted. Mary's doing what's right. And as a church, we want to do more by doing less. Too often as a church and as individuals, we get distracted and we find ourselves doing things that we know we shouldn't be doing. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about things that might, deem, that might seem necessary and might seem important. What I'm, ask, what I'm saying as a church, what I'm asking you to do even as a family, is go to God and say, God, do you consider this to be important? If God doesn't say if it's important, then don't do it. For us as a church, we're going to do more by doing less. It's going to line up with our values. And then number seven, and we're finished, development. What do I mean by that? We are never finished. We can never stop growing. As individuals, as a church, as families, as businesses, we are never finished. The moment I believe we stop growing is the moment I believe we begin to die. I'm not saying we can't be content. I struggle with that. We've got to learn how to be content, but we must never settle because we are never finished. There are more people to reach, more cities to reach, more campuses to build, more lives to be changed, more people to be developed. We are never finished. So there you have it, seven core values of Destiny Church. And those will drive us into this next decade, but I hope that they drive you as well. We can't and we will not pursue anything unless it lines up with these values. They are our foundation. But today I didn't want to just share our values with you and just say, there you go, there's some values. I want to challenge you today. Here's the challenge for you. If you don't have a, have a set of core values that are driving you as an individual, if you don't have a set of core values that are steering you as a family, you're going to drift. 
If you don't have that moral compass, if you don't have those values, if you don't have those things that are the guardrails in your life, you're going to find yourself drifting and you're never going to reach the destination you feel like God has called you to. Values keep us in check. Values steer us. Values guide us. So don't just wait for whatever life throws your way have values that determine what's going to happen in your life. So today, my encouragement to you, my challenge to you as individuals and as families, sit down, spend some time with God in prayer, then write down some values. Then put them on a wall, put them on a computer screen. Let something guide you. Because if we're gonna go all in in 2020, as churches, as individuals and as families, we're going to have to have some values that steer us. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.